Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is created to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. And many of us, when we take the time to truly examine ourselves, will find some sort of shame, fear, or lies hiding in there. And it is never God's will for us to stay in bondage to those. It's His truth that sets us free from them. But there's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. The truth will set you free so you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of shame, fear, and lies. Those aren't yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. Today, my guest, she's kind of making a second appearance because she joined me, one of the people who was interviewing me on the episode called, Does God Want Me to Be Happy or Holy? So I'm bringing Mackenzie Ryder to us. Very exciting. Say hello. Hello. I'm so so excited. You may already know her voice and that's a terrific episode if you haven't listened to it already. So Mackenzie, it's your job to now introduce yourself, say a little bit about who you are, what you do, make sure to include a fun fact. I think in our last episode, we talked about our piercings. You could talk about the tattoos you have if you want to include that as your fun fact, Mm. but no pressure if you don't want to include that. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, I'm Mackenzie Ryder, as Jenny said already. Um, Currently, I am working a few jobs, just trying to figure out what God wants me to do with my life. Multitasking. Yeah, a great place to be uncertain, but I trust the Lord, so that's good. I'm working with students right now in uh, various capacities, so I've been really enjoying it, and yeah, just learning really what discipleship means in my life right now. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I was going to say this fun fact about me that I feel like most people that know me know, but who knows? We have to tell the world. (laughs) We have to tell the world. I might already know what you're going to say. You definitely probably know that when I was nine years old, yes, it's my favorite story. <laughs> I, I hugged Obama, <laughs> the Barack. Yeah. Wow. And how I did mean... you just run into him? <laughs> you at the White House? Well, you know, we were on a walk. No, I'm kidding. Um, so he came to my county fair. I think he was campaigning. It was like 2008 if or 2009. If I was nine, okay. though, in the summer, I would. It would be 2010. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Anyways, my friend had some weird connection to the fair board and just invited me into the VIP barn. (laughs) And I was like, no way. And listen, I'm going to expose myself to the whole world. I saw this high school girl ahead of me in line of meeting him, Mm -hmm. hug him. She was like, can I have a hug? So I just thought that was the cool thing to do. And I was like, can I have a hug? (laughs) So I hugged Obama. And yeah, I tried to take a picture with him he was turning his head away but it's still iconic okay. that is um still iconic. we don't we aren't on that level here listeners yet on mm-hmm. the whole world if you get to know me maybe you can see that photo but um <laughs> yeah send it to all me. you know is so i can make I... it my background on my phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's phenomenal yeah i'm glad you saved that one mm-hmm. yeah good fun fact okay <laughs> so today i'm asking you the very important question 
that I have to ask every guest. Very exciting. <laughs> it's an exciting question. So what have you been set free from? I have been set free from self-hatred and false confidence. Yeah, so this is something I don't often say I have been set free from. But when you asked me that question, this is the first thing that came to mind. And I do feel like the Lord has been walking me through a process um, of learning just how to love myself and live in the identity he's given me. And so... This all began when I was... Right when you hugged Barack Obama. <laughs> That's when your life went... That was the then day everything really started struggling and the Lord... No. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh my goodness. Um, I was 17 years old and I was about to leave for a trip to another country that was just super outside of the norm. I was going to go on this trip and just learn how to love people like Jesus loves them. And I really didn't know what I was doing. I kind of just signed up mm-hmm. and I really look back and see the provision of the Lord because I really had no business doing that. He just orchestrated all the pieces. And I remember a few days before I left for training camp for this trip, I sat down on my bed and I asked the Lord, what am I doing? Like I have not picked up my Bible in months. It's dusty. Like I go to youth group in high school, but I just really don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I don't know you. I'm about to go halfway across the world and try to share the love of Jesus with people, yet I feel like I haven't talked to you, God, in so long. And so I asked him in that very moment to help me because I was so truly far into this hole of hating myself, which was ultimately, I feel like, driving me away from the Lord because in everything I did, I was so convinced that I wasn't good enough. Um, And so when I came to the Lord in that moment, I said, you have to help me because I don't know what to do or say or change that could help me break this pattern of thinking. I feel like I've agreed with the devil and I don't know how to get out of this. So you have to help me. Mm -hmm. And then I left for that trip and God blew me away and started opening all these doors and kind of just showing me different facets of him, his character, his love. And that ultimately translated into him teaching me how to love myself and how to step out of this box that I was putting myself in, that the enemy was speaking over me, that I was stupid, um, that I couldn't do anything right and that I would never be enough. And so from that moment, I did see, I, I saw a shift, but it wasn't an immediate full full healing, full eradication of self-hatred. But I knew in that moment, God um, granted my request. He he chose to just bestow his grace on me in that moment and help me start to walk forward in, yeah, his identity for me instead of the one the enemy was writing over my life. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mackenzie and I go on a lot of prayer walks where we go... "Mm." Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After someone says what something we prayed for that we also agree with. Anyway, <laughs> but that's incredible. That sounds How long was this trip? This trip was a month. A month it long? Was a month. Whoa. Yeah. Was this after is this in a summer or after you graduated? It was a summer trip between my junior and senior year of high school. Okay. Um so yeah, I was about 17 at the time. Okay. That's beautiful. So when you say 
you began to get set free from self-hatred. What do you mean by self-hatred? How is that different from self-discipline? That's a great question because I feel like um, in the Christian world, um, we can get caught in just wanting to do better and wanting to not put ourselves first in the effort to follow Jesus. But I think what I was doing was so far from that. And it was just focused. It was truly self-focused. I realized that what I was doing in agreeing with the enemy's lies over my life was kind of trying to prove myself all the time. Because what I was hearing in my mind was, you're stupid, you're never going to be enough. And so I didn't want other people to think that about me, even though it's what I was believing. So I would just try to portray this false confidence to the world Mm -hmm. and act like, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. But that in itself was me trying to paint a picture for people so that they wouldn't see me as less. Mm -hmm. But it was all fake. It was all fake. And I would go home at the end of the day at school, whatever I was doing, and just ruminate on what people saw when they saw me, what they experienced when I interacted with them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really think that that was the pattern of self-hatred, the cycle of self-hatred that kept playing out in my life. And as I walked forward into the new identity after I asked God to help me come out of that, I realized in self-discipline was really committing myself to the Lord and trying to align myself with his wants and goals and truths for my life. Mm -hmm. I was agreeing with the narrative that God had for my life rather than the enemies. And the path from there just played itself out. I felt like I was able to, over time, you know, it's a struggle sometimes Mm -hmm. still, even, but over time I was able to say, okay, I can recognize this lie and set it aside. So I would say the difference between self-hatred and self-discipline, ultimately, is that self-discipline is to step into the to the will of God for your life, accept the narrative he's speaking over you in truth, and allow him to help you set good boundaries and integrate healthy habits mm-hmm. without being super hard on yourself. Um, it's almost... The difference between shame and guilt Mm -hmm. or shame and conviction. The Lord is convicting me of things and I'm going to agree with him and work toward those alongside of him rather than seeing all these things maybe I want for my life or what I want people to believe about me and then just being defeated at the fact that I'm never going to be good enough actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so yeah I feel like that's the main difference. Yeah it also sounds like you were trading the fear of what people thought for the fear of the Lord. Mm. It also sounds like that. That's beautiful. Yeah. If you're loving Head to Heart so far, I have another podcast recommendation for you. It's called Your Two Best Friends Podcast, and you may already know one of the hosts because Danielle Hanlon was a guest on this show, and now her and Annalise have started their own podcast for those who want to grow in their relationship with God within a solid community. It's both edifying and funny, the best of both worlds. So you can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and I'll link it in the show notes just so you have a little shortcut. 
so make sure to check out their podcast when you're done listening to this episode. So we hear a lot of things nowadays about positive affirmations, whether Mm -hmm. the people are Christian or not. You'll see a lot of things on social media, 10 positive affirmations you should say over yourself every day. And those are just positive words to speak over yourself, but it, it sounds like it does not matter if people are saved or not. It sounds kind of like a new age thing or people are just trying to improve themselves, self-help. So what's the difference between positive affirmations and what we would say is proclaiming biblical truth over yourself? Is there a difference? Yeah. I think that this is a good question because of the culture we live in and a lot of self-love, positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, Love yourself. Do what's right for you. Exactly. And so I think truly there is a good motivation behind this, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you've experienced someone telling you, hey, just look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful, Mm -hmm. right? I I really don't think there's anything wrong with that because as we know, our brains um, can change when we speak certain things over and over again, when we do certain things over and over again. We can change our ways of thinking. Um, So I think that positive affirmations in those ways aren't necessarily bad. I just think that they can become a cover-up to something that needs deeper healing from Mm -hmm. Jesus, from the Word of God, right? And so I think that maybe the difference between positive affirmations and declaring truth is essentially asking yourself what the motivation behind it is if you're looking in the mirror and saying i'm beautiful (laughs) and just sensing every time oh man like why don't i believe this i really can't see it all Mm -hmm. i see is something i don't want to see maybe taking a step back and asking yourself why can't i get past this um seeking god in that asking him to speak truth over you in that area um rather than just repeating the same mantra over and over mm-hmm. i think that would be more impactful <laughs> overall than just mm-hmm. saying saying words yeah that's true and i think it's kind of like if someone doesn't have christ in their life they they are taking advantage of the good that God has created in our brains. He made our brains that mm-hmm. we're able to change our thinking if we want. And so it's kind of like the world's jipping off of this benefit God's given us <laughs> or trying to trying to reap the benefits of something that can only come through Christ's lordship. Yeah. Like, well, I don't want um, him to be Lord of my life, but I do want to think better of myself. So let me just try to cherry pick that out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's almost like we're getting a piece of it yeah. without the fullness. Yeah. I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And where do you think that change is coming from? Because people will say self-love, um, do what's right for you, you know, self-confidence. It's all like, I can get these things from me, from myself. Mm-hmm. I think, you know. If you haven't changed yet, you probably won't without (laughs) Christ. (laughs) So, uh, but Mm -hmm. the other way is that you're saying, well, it's the Lord that helped you change your thinking because you couldn't do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the only truths truly that we should be believing over ourselves are ones that come from Jesus. 
because I could try my best to muster up this mantra that I want to speak over my life, that I am worthy and that I will do great things and that I'll be successful. But if those aren't things that are based out of the identity that Jesus has for me, they just aren't going to be as impactful um, as me aligning myself with scripture. Yeah. Um, because I know that God's will for my life is the best way. Mm-hmm. That's good. I fully support this message. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about self-love. That the Lord helped you begin to see yourself as he sees you. And we do hear a lot about self-love as well. So is that a biblical concept? Is it worldly? Should we even be saying that? Help. We just mm. need your help, Mackenzie. Oh Tell us. Gosh. <laughs> I was thinking about this question. I really kind of felt some frustration over that debate of like, ah, I feel like people are so confused about should we love ourselves or should we not? Kind of like um, the question about does God want us to be happy or holy, which oh, yeah. Jenny and I oh, and our yeah, friend Christina it go along with that. Yep. <laughs> filmed an episode about. So go listen to that if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do think that self-love can take on a selfish motivation within our lives. If in loving yourself, you're not being conscious to consider others. Because I feel like a lot of the messages of the world tell us, do whatever you can to put yourself first. And we know that as Christians, that's not our goal, Mm -hmm. right? But I do really think that God cares about the love we have for ourselves. Even when we think about the greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. I've heard so many people tell me, like, why would... It doesn't make sense. We aren't supposed to put ourselves first. We're supposed to love others. This is just contradicting. It's like, I think Jesus meant that we are to care for ourselves well so that we can love others well. Mm-hmm. And I really... Another passage that came to mind thinking about this was when Jesus explains to his disciples about laying down their lives, denying themselves to pick up their cross and follow him. And I think that's a lot of where people get confused again about, well, I'm supposed to deny myself. How could I put any of my needs first if I'm supposed to leave everything behind and follow Jesus? But I think we forget that Jesus is love. Uh (laughs) Aha! God is love, Mm -hmm. right? And so if we're leaving everything else behind to walk in the way of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he also proclaims himself as love, how could that journey not include a loving and caring attitude towards ourselves so that we can yeah. then minister to others well? Yeah. I really think that's important because I knew in that moment right before I left for my trip, God didn't want me to believe these things about myself anymore, that I wouldn't ever be enough. He wanted me to live in the love that he had for me. Mm-hmm. So Boom, there's that. That's true. <laughs> and if someone who doesn't know Christ meets a Christian and this person's always like, God, I'm so stupid. I just, uh, I hate mm-hmm. how I look today. I can't do anything right. Then I don't feel like that's any different. It's yeah. any different from how they may be thinking. It would be great to encounter a Christian and be like, wow, they just really take care of themselves well. Mm-hmm. And they speak positively about others and themselves and I don't have those same thoughts so what the heck am I doing yeah and I really think that's a great point because 
I think we're called to be set apart from the world. And this negative self-talk, self-hatred culture is so common. So common among teenagers and young adults. Um, I'm sure it's getting younger and younger as the years go on. Um, So to be that example of saying, actually, no, (laughs) I'm not going to agree with the lie. I'm going to stand in the truth. And that's what real love is. I think that will be a beautiful example to the world of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell a quick story because um, when I had my my friend Ava on the podcast a long time ago, probably this was season two, um, we talked about how we first became friends and how it started was we had been in the same class in high school but didn't have any classes together until junior year. Mm. And then... I had gone through a lot of transformation and trying to believe what God said about me that summer and had a lot of change in my life. So I was consciously getting rid of lies and I was really just meeting Ava for the first time. We sat together in study hall and we tried not to giggle the whole time. It was awesome. So that's where our friendship was born. And then I would notice that Ava would say these negative things about herself all the time. And one day I was just like, do you actually believe those things? And she was like, um, yeah, I guess I do. (laughs) And so I gave her one of the books that I had read and I talked to her about it. And that led to her eventually pursuing the Lord herself and coming to know him and then also believing the truth. So it's Mm. really awesome when you've been delivered from that and you know the truth about yourself, you can, pick up when others do not believe such things and you're like wait a second something's off something's going on here and you don't have to stay stuck in it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ah that's so good that's so good so if someone listening is struggling with self-hatred what would you say are some steps they can take to help start to overcome that yeah um I really do think that kind of what I said before about believing the narrative of God over your life rather than the narrative of the enemy is the number one change, the number one switch up Mm -hmm. (laughs) that will really start to make a difference. And by all means, I don't believe that that's just an easy fix because I've seen God helping me work that out in my own life to this day. Mm -hmm. And when I was 17, that was how many years ago? That's a good question. I'm trying to do the math yeah. in my head, but I can't. Five? Five years ago? Six. Six, six years ago. Six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been a long journey of learning this, but I think that the main thing has been asking God to help me believe what he believes for my life rather than the enemy's lies that are truly always to steal, kill, and destroy my identity, my life, my plans, all the things. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. in saying that, it means that listeners need to know what he says over them. So they need to dig into the word. I did that. Um, I think my freshman year of college, I was just really going through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think in the very beginning of that year, I was really feeling a lot of lies come at me all at one time. Yeah. Really testing what I believed about myself. And then, um, so I think that in a class or something, they gave us a sheet of, 
here are identity words over yourself and then a verse next to each one. And Mm -hmm. I was like highlighting those like crazy in my Bible so that I'd be able to quick pull them out whenever I'd start to feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point because I was also thinking that one of the main steps to overcoming this is that those declarations and like we said, based out of the word and the Mm -hmm. truth that God has. And I had a few verses that came to my mind um, were Ephesians 2.10, which declares our identity as his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Um, I think understanding that God does have a plan for your life, that's good um, when you commit yourself to walk hand in hand with him is truly transformational Mm -hmm. because I was no longer then stuck in, oh, well, because I'll never be able to do anything right, I guess I'll just live this average life. I guess I'll just give up now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you someone who wants to learn how to minister to people who are same-sex attracted? Or let me phrase it another way. If a student, a friend, or a coworker came up to you and needed to confide in you about this tension they live in every day, would you know what to say? I've created a free training on how to minister to those wrestling with LGBTQ issues, and you could finish it in less than half an hour. This training will teach you how to meet people right where they're at using biblical truth and deep empathy. We'll talk about what to say as well as what not to say, how to encourage and love when you don't have all the answers, and how to point them back to the one who loves more perfectly and more completely than anyone else can. So if you're thinking, say no more, Jenny, where do I sign up? All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and it'll be delivered right to your inbox. And so with that, let's jump back into your episode. Another verse that came to mind was um, just this kind of whole passage from 2 Corinthians 3 about the confidence um, that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we're sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Um, Those are verses 4 through 5. And later in that passage in verse 12, it says, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And I think that's the exact point I've been trying to make this whole time. Glory! Literally, there's no other way to this than partnering with God and having the confidence in Him Mm -hmm. so that then you can be confident in knowing the only reason I'm confident is because God is in me and God has spoken these truths over my life, not because I'm doing anything perfect or good. Yeah. And I really yeah. think that's true confidence. Mm-hmm. So I think to that end, steps to take as you're struggling with self-hatred, I would say step number one is to ask God for help. Because as simple as it sounds, I think a lot of the time we want to solve these problems on our own, but we truly never will until we invite God in. And another step would be to invite your community in. Because asking your friends to hold you accountable might be really challenging, but like Jenny said, they might even be able to easier recognize when you are hard on yourself than you do. And I had a friend that started saying this to me, I can't even remember which friend it is now because our whole friend group adopted it and I love it. Mm -hmm. Somebody said to me after I had said something negative about myself, like, oh man, I'm such an idiot. My friend looked at me and said, 
hey, don't talk about my friend that way. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what, 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 what do you Wait, mean? What, what, I, it was me. I, I, oh, I'm your friend. Got it. Yeah, it was like, it was really intense, but it was... It was so good fun. for me. It just was... screams at you. <laughs> hey, don't talk about my friend like that. It was such an intense moment. And I, and that goes to the end of like, oh, well, would you say that about someone else? Right, what yeah. you're saying to yourself? And yeah. truthfully, the answer is no, most mm-hmm. of the time. I, I would not most look. Most of the time. I, I would not, not look... be like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> I would not look at Jenny and say, wow, Jenny, you're such an idiot. Yeah, like, that's just never. so intense. So that really changed my thinking. And it actually opened a door for me to say to my friends guys I've been on this journey for a long time and so I see significant change but there are even areas where I still don't notice how hard I am on myself so call me out I'm giving you that permission Mm -hmm. and that actually caused me to better speak highly of myself because Mm -hmm. I viewed it as well I wouldn't treat my friends this way and I, I think we actually have the same value in mm-hmm. God. <laughs> That's very true. Wow. So what if someone's struggling with self-hatred because of something they have done or because of something that was done to them, um, that it's tied to some event or multiple events? How could they start to break off those beliefs that are tied to what happened? Yeah. This is a great question because um, I know that through various events, people can experience shame at deep levels. Um, whether, you know, something they've done in their past, something that's been done to them that wasn't fair. It's really easy to just live in the narrative that this will always follow me Mm -hmm. and it will completely and always impact my future. From the community I've lived in of people that are committed to healing Um, which was kind of foreign to me as I came to college. There's a prayer ministry department where I went to school and healing from my past was just something I never had words for. Mm -hmm. But it's cool because certain things like this, healing from self-hatred, were already happening. And once someone told me, Jesus can come in to your past, Mm -hmm. I was like, hold up. I'm sorry, (laughs) wait, what? Are you (laughs) sure? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I really think taking time in prayer to ask Jesus, can you come in to this past event, this past thing I did, thing that happened, and what are what do you have to say about it, God? Mm-hmm. Because I think without his perspective, the narrative might never change. Yeah. Um, you can't go back and change what happened but you can get Christ's perspective on it Mm -hmm. it's very good yeah so I think that is one of the main main things that I would suggest it's really hard to to think highly of ourselves when we might have been told that we weren't worthy or that we were ugly or that we were stupid for so long Mm -hmm. that it's what else are you going to believe if that's what you've been told for for a really long time by others or by yourself? And so I think inviting Jesus in to minister to those areas is really, really important to gain the Lord's perspective. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I also think you can... No, this is going to sound 
maybe to some listeners this will sound very hippy dippy, but I promise <laughs> you, it's not very hippy dippy at all. <laughs> it's actually very sciencey sciencey. <laughs> but you can um, go back and minister to your younger self. So mm-hmm. if your younger self did something wrong or something was done to her, um, that small piece of you is still carrying around with you. So you can go back and talk to her what you know now because Mm -hmm. you may not have known what you know now. And so that actually reduces a lot of anxiety in people. A lot of shame is healed by going back and talking to your younger self and extending grace to her. So that's a whole nother thing. Look it up because (laughs) it's really healing. Yeah. I also just want to say something that you might have experienced in this realm of lies and negative self-talk um, is kind of the opposition of that lie never hits. And so I experienced this recently with something something that happened in my life. I'll just give an example of saying like, oh, I'm so stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody, if my friend looked at me and said, no, you're not. You're not stupid. Does not hit. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that actually doesn't help at all. So you know, that's, um, that's a nice thing to say, but you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I actually learned this in therapy. Hashtag get therapy. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't make that therapy. the hashtag. Was scratch hashtag that. Get therapy. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I learned from my therapist that those direct oppositions to lies actually don't land well in our brain because of brain programming that's been Mm. happening all your life and so if you've lived your life to believe something someone can tell you the opposite of that and it literally will not change at all Mm. so she said instead of directly opposing that by saying the opposite find ways to step around it and I think that goes into what we just talked about inviting Jesus in asking for God's perspective asking for healing from God for our younger self and all of those things kind of surrounding the lie rather than just trying to throw fiery arrows of the exact opposite at it um, can be so much more impactful. Because when we believe something, it's hard to just change that you by just go saying cold the turkey. opposite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've already provided some great resources through verses and then also those tactics to um, provide healing for your younger self. Is there any other resource you'd like to share? So, um, this is my favorite book, actually, in the whole world. It's called The Bible. Oh, that's um, a good one. Yeah. I'm it. sorry. I read um, that too. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, the Lord has ministered to me through so many different verses on identity. Um, and I think that memory of scripture is something I've really been striving to do so that I can have battle verses for when I recognize mm-hmm. a lie and I can fight against it. You have the sword of the spirit, the sword of the which spirit, is the word of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, Jenny knows I'm not much of a book person. You don't need to be a I'm book working person. on it, but, um, I actually have a playlist I created, um, in what I would call a valley of my life. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm feeling all of these emotions, when I'm having a really hard time actually implementing these truths, I find that these songs are really beautiful and minister to those hurts 
with the truth of God when I can't say it myself. Mm-hmm. And so I can get yes. that linked for you. I'm yes. sure Jenny can do that. We will have it beneath <laughs> this episode in all the show notes so people can follow it and listen to it over and over on repeat over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much for being the guest. I knew you'd do well. (laughs) I knew you had great things to share. So thank Mm. you for sharing with those with us. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. Since you're a dedicated listener and made it to the very end of the episode, I have two gifts for you. One is that I have a free resource linked in the show notes for you. It's a resource created to help you take the truth you've learned either in this episode or in a previous one and apply it to your life. The second gift I have for you is access to my seasonal playlists. Every season, summer, fall, winter, spring, I create a regular playlist and a worship playlist that will be ongoing throughout the season. And you'll be able to follow it on Spotify if you need some good boogie tunes. Because let's be honest, in another life, I would have been a DJ. So you now have full access to meet all your seasonal music needs in the show notes. As always, I love hearing from you. So follow me on Instagram and send me a DM of how this episode impacted you. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the website. By doing this, you'll help me get more amazing guests on the show in the future. I'll be releasing new episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.